Welcome to McGonigal's Chronicles Making Montana Connections. I'm Tim McGonigal. 25 years ago, on April 3, 1996, the normally peaceful town of Lincoln, Montana, was suddenly transformed from a serene mountain retreat into a bustling center of the news media universe. That's when authorities nabbed a recluse named Ted Kaczynski from his infamous cabin. Hardly anyone in the quiet community had a clue that the Unabomber was living among them. Matt Flanders of Helena was living in California at the time, and like many with ties to Big Sky Country, he was amazed that one of the world's most wanted domestic terrorists had made the Treasure State home. Fast forward a quarter century and Matt finds himself as a successful New York filmmaker, wrapping up work on Ted K. The film is a look at the life of Kaczynski, unlike any other dramatization of the Montana Hermit. Matt always knew he wanted to pursue a career in the arts, and when we talked in April, he recalled his journey from Helena to the Big Apple, including his early days on the stage at the Grand Street Theater. Here's our conversation with Matt Flanders. I know it's been kind of a whirlwind for you, probably for the last few years, working on this film, uh, Ted K. It's a yeah. story about Ted Kaczynski, the, uh, the Unabomber who was arrested uh, in Montana. Uh, tell, me, uh, tell me about the movie. Uh, what, what can people expect to see? Because I know this one might be maybe a little different than, uh, than, than what other portrayals they may have seen of Ted Kaczynski. Well, I think most of the uh, you know, films and TV shows we've seen about the Unabomber are kind of the hunt for the Unabomber rather than uh, you know, a character study of him. Um, it's sort of about the FBI looking for him and hunting for him and, and, and kind of what they were doing. This really is what uh, Ted Kaczynski was doing in Montana for the several years leading up to his arrest. So um, it, 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 uh, we actually filmed on the property where he lived. Uh, we rebuilt the cabin, an exact replica of the cabin, exactly where it was. And we really are trying to be as authentic as possible. We use some of his actual neighbors in the film. We talked to people who knew him. Um, we based all the script is on, on based on his writings and costumes and, and sets all based on FBI evidence photos. So it really is the authentic look at, at him and his life in Lincoln during those years. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, uh, a lot of people know kind of about the bombings um, and, and what he, he did to sort of um, wreak havoc and, and, and rain terror down on, on the country. But he was also terrorizing his neighbors and people of Lincoln and uh, damaging property, uh, cutting down power lines, um, breaking into homes, uh, vandalism, um, hurting animals, uh, stalking people, watching people. There's a lot of stuff that he wrote about that people didn't know that that was going on as well. And how was it working with the people in Lincoln, some of his neighbors, those types of folks? Uh, were they receptive to, to, to helping you or were they maybe a little apprehensive at first? Uh, did they not want to relive this whole situation? It was a mix. Um, I will say for the most part, um, we did not run into any um, any people that were unwelcoming. Most people were sort of like, ah, why are you doing this again? Why are we telling the story again? But I think that people seem to be very appreciative of the fact that we actually were filming it in Lincoln rather than some of the other productions that had gone elsewhere and didn't look like Lincoln at all. So I think they were appreciative that that we were taking the time to 
get to know the town, get to know the people, and really trying to give an authentic view of, of the place and the people. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we were just blown away by how how helpful everybody was. Um, you know, our crew stayed in people's homes. Um, people made dinner for us. We, you know, we obviously ate at the restaurants and stayed in the hotels as well. But we really felt after being there for so long, really felt a part of the community. And, and, and uh, every time I come back to Montana, I go, go to Lincoln and visit my friends there. Um, Cause it's, we really did make some lasting friendships. So it's a, it's a special place. And, and we felt very fortunate to, you know, be, be supported through the entire thing. Yeah. Do you think it helped that uh, you said you were born in Alaska, but uh, you moved to Montana at a very early age and in Helena, so you're you're just right down the road from uh, from a lot of these people. Uh, you think that uh, that was helpful rather than having some production company from or someone from who didn't really know the area? To- I think that it was helpful. Um, you know, we were able to end end up filming on the property mostly, I think, because. Um, the current owner of the property had gone to high school with my sister and recognized my name. Uh, so we sat down and had a, had a beer at a brewery in Helena and talked about it and explained what we were doing. And, you know, we started talking about our connection there and, um, you know, and then just other community members who, um, you know, were familiar with my parents or knew uh, my mom's, my mom owned a bookstore in, in Helena for many years. And so knew knew her through her bookstore. Um, so there were those connections that people could be like, oh, this isn't some Hollywood person or New York person coming in and trying to do something that's gonna, you know, make Montana or Lincoln look bad. You know, I think they kind of just having having there be a connection. The fact that I was connected to the area, I think was really helpful. Well, speaking of the area, uh, being from uh, from Helena, talk a little bit about growing up in Helena and then how you kind of got your way into becoming a movie producer, filmmaker. Uh, t- talk about the what led to that. Well, it was a long road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, um, you know, growing up in Helena, I was very active in, in the community theater at Grand Street Theater there. Um, you know, and really credit that place with sort of keeping me sane <laughs> and interested in the arts um, and giving me a place to, you know, I, I, that, that I felt I belonged. And, um, you know, my best friends in the world are still the people I met there doing theater. So um, I, I uh, after, after high school, knew that I wanted to kind of pursue a career in in the arts and in, in, you know, theater, film, TV. Um, I went to Gonzaga uh, and uh, continued working, doing theater there and did professional theater in the summers, you know, between, uh, you know, in, in the, the Northwest. Um, and then I moved down to Los Angeles where I was initially acting and then kind of got into interested in writing and, and producing as well and kind of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I, I honestly felt like the acting thing to me was uh, I always liked rehearsals. I didn't actually love performance. It was like the community aspect that I, that I liked more. Um, and I realized that kind of my skills in terms of being an organized person and uh, being able to bring people together and and get people working together were skills that a producer needed. Um, 
I moved to New York and, you know, worked uh, uh, as a as a writer initially. And then I kind of took a little break to become a public school teacher. Uh, I just felt like there was a need for that. And I was I, I'd always I had done a lot of teaching at Grand Street and I'd done a lot of kind of uh, teaching throughout my life. And so I thought thought that would be a, a great thing took a little break from that and ended up being a location scout, um, finding locations for movies in New York City. I had friends who were doing that. And then I ended up doing that for many years and became a location assistant location manager and location manager. Um, you know, I worked on um, movies like Michael Clayton with George Clooney in it, um, did uh, the TV series Rescue Me. I did Boardwalk Empire, some big TV stuff, some, some big movies as well. Um, then I was asked to work on Eat, Pray, Love as a as an assistant location manager, and um, during that, um, I was supposed to just do the New York portion of it. And during that experience, the uh, line producer uh, uh, asked me if I wanted to work with him and go around the world and do the whole movie. So we shot in Italy and Indonesia and India. And um, Brad Pitt's company was one of the producers on on uh, on that. Um, uh, plan B and is uh, one of the women who worked for him uh, was kind of the main producer on it. And she asked me to work for plan B when we finished that film. So I moved to Los Angeles, uh, was working uh, for, for Brad Pitt's company plan B for about four years uh, working production. And then I ended up doing development, like trying to find new projects and reading scripts and um, trying to bring in new um interesting films into the company. And while I was there, um, uh, you know, I, I, I had worked on 12 Years a Slave and World War Z and, uh, and then helped develop a bunch of, or, you know, helped with the process of getting a ton of other films done. And I was reading a script that came in um, about Ted Kaczynski, uh, Ted K. And I was like, wow, this would be really interesting. And I loved the idea of doing something in Montana. And I thought it was a really interesting take because I didn't know all this stuff that had occurred um, in, in Lincoln itself. So after reading that, I, I, I kind of brought it up with the rest of the people in the company. And ultimately, they decided that the project wasn't for them. Um, you know, they had a lot on their plates and it just, it, you know, it, it wasn't the right fit. Um, and I had been. Uh, uh, wanting to move back to New York um, and decided to leave the company and kind of go out on my own. And when I told Tony Stone, who was the director of, of, of Ted K that I was going to go out on my own, he was like, Oh, well, would you want to do this with me? Um, you know, without plan B, but just, should we, should we see if we can get this done? So that's kind of how I ended up, uh, working on on this film, um, I produced a couple other little little uh, independent films, but this was like a big undertaking, um, you know, because we had to film for approximately, I think we ended up shooting for like eighty some days, or, and it was spread out over all the different seasons, and that's just not the way small films are usually done. You usually shoot for twenty two days in a row, and mm -hmm. you're done. Um, but we really felt like Montana was an additional character in the film mm -hmm. and really needed to, and was a, like the second lead character in the film was Montana. So we had to show all the sides of Montana. So we wanted to see it in all the different seasons. So 
um, that was that was important to us. So, uh, you know, uh, that's that's sort of that's sort of how it all it all came to be. And I mean, we started. I, I came onto the project in 2014, 15. We started filming in February of 2018. Uh, we finished filming in March of 2019, okay. um, and then the film is now. Uh, you know, people will probably get to see it in, in the winter of 2022 is what, what it's looking like. So it's a, okay. movies are not, especially movies this size there. It's, it's a long, long process. People yeah. don't understand how long it takes to kind of put them together, but then also to make them and get them edited and get them out into the world. We mentioned uh, 80 days to film. Uh, as you know, sometimes in Montana, you can get all four seasons in, in the 22 days <laughs> that normally would be in a film, but, uh, but it's very no. true. Um, so uh again i know you also got some funding from the state of montana uh talk talk about that and how that can help uh filmmakers like yourself yeah the um the the big sky film grant from the montana film office was uh incredibly helpful um you know montana is trying to bring film into the state film and tv and so there there's various incentives whether it's tax incentives or it's or, you know, the grants, and this was a grant that we got, um, you know, uh, the state gives you a certain amount of money that you don't have to pay back. But when you kind of look at it, the amount of money we spent in the state um, far exceeds that in terms of employing uh, most of our crew, most of our cast were all Montanans. We only, I think there's 50 some speaking roles in the film. Um, and I think we brought in four people. Everybody else was from the state. Um, our crew, we brought in, you know, maybe of the, of the 30 plus person crew, we probably brought in four or five people total. Um, everybody else was hired locally. So um, those grants, while they people don't understand, oh, well, why are you just giving money? It's it's actually, you're, you're just in basically encouraging companies to come and and spend money, you know, and employ people. And we were we were in Lincoln during a very slow time. It wasn't heavy tourist season. So the the restaurants, the hotels, all of those things were very happy to to see us. We brought, you know, we brought definitely brought money into the community. So okay. Uh talk about as you as you talk about the cast, the the main character in this uh Charlto, is that the right way to pronounce that? Copley? Yeah. Uh, might not be a household name, but I'm, I, I was looking at a little bit about him and uh, he's been in uh, some, some pretty good roles. Yeah. Yeah. His big kind of break breakout performance was in um, district nine. Okay. Um, he's a South African actor. After that, he got a lot of that movie, got a lot of attention. And then he ended up, you know, um, he was in the a team um, following that playing the crazy helicopter pilot and, uh, you know, <laughs> And uh, went on to play the bad guy in Elysium. He was in Hardcore Henry. He's in uh, um, Gringo. That can be Charlize Theron's film on Amazon. He's he's just a great, great chameleon of an actor uh, and a great um, collaborator as well. I mean, he a lot of the film was improvised. A lot of it was, hey, this is the basic scene. Let's see how it plays out. And uh, he's he is a shapeshifter, and he is a he is a, a really really amazing actor and person. And so we were very lucky to to have him. There's not many people that would uh, go as far as he went in terms of coming back so many times, really living 
you know, uh, just going for it in terms of some of the, you know, stuff in the snow, the weather, the, uh, you know, bathing in a waterfall in the middle of April, like, uh, or, you know, whatever month it was, it was not warm enough to be in a waterfall, but he did it. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he's, he's just incredible. And, um, and then our local cast was great. I mean, we had people from, you know, Missoula, Cal- uh, Helena, Billings, Bozeman, people from all over the state. So it was, it was great to, to see how, how well they did with him. Um, yeah. I think they loved working with him and he loved working with them. So. All right. So you said that uh, this could be coming out in uh, winter of 2022, but I know you've already gotten some uh, reviews on this from International Film Festival. Tell us, tell us about that uh, process. Yeah, we were um, we were in the Berlin uh, Berlinale or the uh, Berlin International Film Festival, which is one of the top three in the world. You know, there's there's Cannes and um, there's Venice and there's Berlin. I mean, those are the best of the best. And we were very, uh, very fortunate to have been invited. Um, yeah, I got some really nice reviews. Um, and then we were able to get some, um, you know, we're getting some international distribution, so it'll be seen, you know, worldwide. And then we also, uh, have got a distribution deal with, um, neon super LTD, which is a great independent distribution company out of, um, uh, they, they, they're known for a lot of their interesting films, but they, uh, I, Tanya was one of their movies, uh, Parasite, which was last year's Academy Award winner was one of their films. So they're, they, they love independent film. They're great partners and we're very fortunate to have them releasing the film. So, uh, we're not sure right now of the exact release plan. I mean, obviously with the situation in the world where cinemas are not open worldwide and, or they're open at half or a quarter, uh, you know, occupancy. Um, it's not an ideal time to make plans for new release of a, of a film. But uh, so that's sort of why they're, they're hoping they're kind of saying, well, let's, let's see how it goes. And then we'll, you know, they have committed to a theatrical release, so it'll be in theaters. And um, as long as theaters are open, you know, um, and then there'll be some sort of uh, streaming uh, you know, deal as well. So, sure. okay, we'll be able to see it. <laughs> and I know that this has been uh, been your focus for for quite some time. But uh, looking ahead, uh, do you have any other projects in the works, or is it too soon to? Yeah, see? I have. I have a couple other films. Um, you know, I've been. Uh, we. I was uh, producing a film with Ray Fines and Elizabeth Debecki about the building of the Farnsworth House, which was the first glass house in America. Uh, that was supposed to be filming in Canada in the spring, and that you know, obviously with COVID sort of put a delay on things, but we're hoping we can still put that back together. Uh, I also write for live events. So um, have been busy with the Grammys and, uh, and the Oscars coming up and, um, uh, you know, Golden Globes and I've got the MTV uh, movie awards and a lot of those kind of live things. So I'm, I keep, I keep, I keep writing. I keep, producing I keep my eyes open for new projects I would love to find another one to do in Montana uh it's a tough time for independent film right now um financing and all of that is is not easy when when the world is sort of still uncertain about you know how quick we can open up and on the film set obviously you're working very closely with a lot of different people and there are COVID protocols but um it's still it adds a lot of money to a budget to make 
your crew get tested every day or every other day and all the um, PPE and all of that stuff just adds a whole other levels of, of, of difficulty to a film production and adds money to the budget. And so, you know, my specialty is sort of smaller budget films. And, and so, so the, the COVID of it all makes it difficult, but I'm, I'm keeping my eyes open and just, uh, I kind of say yes to everything and, <laughs> and, and I'm just open to open to new, new things. So, uh, I've been reading a lot of scripts and, you know, when I find the next thing that I'm as passionate about, as I was with Ted K, then then we'll we'll see where where that can go. Yeah, do do you remember uh, the arrest of Ted Kaczynski? I think is one of those moments in history that a lot of people will say, "Oh, I I, I was doing this, or I was you know picking the kids up from school." When I, what what were your what were you doing, and what uh, what was your reaction? I guess uh, when you, you know, I I was in my early twenties. Um, I think I didn't have a TV at the time. <laughs> I was a struggling, st- struggling actor down in, I was either at that time, I think I was still in Washington state or I might've just moved to LA, but, um, cause I think wasn't it April, it's April of 95, right? Yeah. 96. Yeah, uh, 96, 96. Yeah. So I was in LA. I was in LA. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I do remember the images. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, that's downtown Helena. That's the federal building. That's right down the street from my mom's bookstore. I was very aware of everything that was going on. Um, But I don't, I don't like have that one thing in my mind where, where, where I was when, when, when he was arrested. Yeah. Probably would be different if it was today because of the whole social media thing. Uh, it would be, uh, I mean, because there wasn't any social media back then. No, no. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I think I was, like I said, I, I honestly, I don't think I had a, t- I, I couldn't afford a TV at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't, I, I think we were, yeah, I was, yeah, I had, I had just arrived in, in LA and was, was building a life. So, um, you know, watching TV and I wasn't really, I was, I was working all the time and trying to build a life. So I wasn't, I wasn't uh, super, super uh, like today. Uh, first thing I do in the morning is read the news or right. look at the news, but I, I wasn't doing that when I was 20. Right. Or, I don't think many 22 year olds were, were doing yeah. that. So, yeah. uh, well, you're, you're a company now in your face entertainment and, and that's where people can kind of learn more about, about the movie, uh, about the other projects that you have worked on in the past, in your face entertainment.com. Uh, yep. Okay. Yep. And, uh, uh, it's, it, I believe it's in your face dash entertainment.com. Okay. And, um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then, you know, we'll be, I'm always posting stuff on Facebook and sure. uh, when there's, when there's new updates and then, um, the Montana film office is a great, is a great, uh, way to keep, keep track of Montana film projects and, uh, what, what's going on currently you know, what's casting, what is, uh, you know, what's look, what films are looking for crew. Um, and then also just they're, they're great about kind of updating people on projects that are filmed in Montana. So uh, big, big fans of the Montana Film Office. And, and they're just so supportive of, of filmmakers um, and, and uh, you know, filmmakers from Montana and filmmakers who are, are making films in Montana. 
All right. Well, Matt Flanders, uh, we certainly take, uh, appreciate you taking time to, to talk to us. Best of luck with uh, the film as you continue with it. And we look forward to seeing it. Uh, who knows? Maybe at the Myrna Loy uh, someday. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I, it's, it's very important to us to have a, have a screening in Montana for, uh, for our cast and crew. We've, we've really expressed to the distributor that that's, that's a priority for us. So we really hope to, um, yes, we, we will hope to watch it. You know, what's, really sad is I have not even seen it on the big screen yet because oh. everything, all the editing, everything's been done from, from homes and on computers. So yeah. we're, we're looking forward to seeing it in film in, in a theater as well. So, um, so thank you very much for your uh, kind words and thanks for inviting me to, to be a part of this today. You've been listening to a conversation with New York filmmaker and former Helena resident, Matt Flanders. Look for his film, Ted K coming to theaters. And next time on McGonagall's Chronicles, Making Montana Connections. I did not really particularly want to get into business, and I've still to this day never taken a business class. But I decided to uh, to go for it. I talked to some other companies. No one really jumped at it. And then one guy was like, well, if you're serious, why don't you start your own company? Sarah Calhoun talks about Montana, music, comfortable workwear, and the success of Red Ant's Pants. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and urge you to subscribe through Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google. And feel free to send your story ideas and feedback to McGonagall's Chronicles through Facebook and Twitter. For McGonagall's Chronicles, making Montana connections, I'm Tim McGonagall.